Hello, Internet! Welcome to episode 25, is it, of the Sorted Calibers podcast, the Second Amendment podcast with a little bit for everyone. I am your lovely hostess, Erin Paulette. With me, as always, is my effervescent, ebullient, and slightly intoxicated host, Weird Beard. Say hi to everyone, Weird. Hello, everybody. I might be sounding a little bit different because we are recording live on location from the Gun Rights Policy Conference 2018 in Chicago, Illinois. Exactly. And as promised, we have the trunk monkey, the house dick himself. Say hi, house dick. Howdy, howdy, it's your house dick. (laughs) Uh, Also, we are having a podcast crossover, just like in the comic books. We have two of the boys from Geeks, Gadgets, and Guns. We have Matt and Heinrich. Say hello, fellas. Hi, this is Heinrich. Yo, Matt. They actually wave their hands to an audience that can't see them. That is precious. I love it. It's method acting. It is. Then we do live video. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Also, that was one of the tips from Amcon. Always act like you're talking to one listener. So, a little bit of acting towards the microphone helps you think that way. Yeah, well, you get more Amcon than I do because I have to set up the live stream every year. That clanking you hear is the trunk monkey sampling the prodigious, one might even say bodacious bar that the boys have set up. How many bottles do you have there, fellas? Uh, we honestly were like, I don't know. We it was like a 30-year liquor cabinet, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, that Just was a, about. A, a, see, a, a maybe half of that is a third of mine, and I'm not sure how much of Heinrich's he Good God. <laughs> okay, we're definitely going to have to uh, attach a picture of this bar to the show notes, because this is impressive. Yeah. 25. 25, Twenty-five bottles. Twenty-six. <laughs> yeah. You assume you're getting this apple pie back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Aaron is drinking some Dr. McGillicuddy's apple pie. Don't forget the absinthe. Oh, and, and yes. yes, and you've got a, a, a traditional absinthe cocktail. Yes. I well, not anymore. I drank it. It's in my tummy. Just a little bit. No, no, this is actually the apple pie. Okay. <laughs> I poured myself seconds. On. We have moved on. <laughs> For anyone who hasn't drunk absinthe. Really, the best explanation is it is like drinking a black jelly bean. Very much so. Yeah. And Matt was curious about, he was asking about his Galliano, and uh, I mentioned that it's very similar to green chartreuse, and so I made him a la- last word with Galliano instead of chartreuse. And what do you think? It's interesting. Granted, I normally go for the more girly salad drinks because. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't chartreuse already green? So green chartreuse is green. Well, so there's green, green, there's green? green chartreuse and there's yellow chartreuse, and so they're both so they're green, chartreuse green, is a yellow, green? yellow, and so there's one that's more yellow than green. It was like in, back in the day when you get the Crayola, and there was the green yellow and there was the yellow green crayons, and they were different. Oh, but they all I don't tasted the same. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have it on good authority from Marines that the purple crayons taste best. I don't know. I'm drinking the cheap fireball knockoff from the called Hellboy. <laughs> is it cheap fireball? I, I don't. I don't know. Is, is it? Yeah. Is that yeah. Par? yeah, it's yeah. about the same. And what are you having, Heinrich? I am having a Manhattan. Ooh, very good. And a plastic cup. Yeah, classic. <laughs> I didn't want to travel with my. It's glassware, a whole so. It's understandable. Yeah. This is a refined podcast with refined drinkers. 
Yes, we're drinking with our pinkies out. And I'm pinkies out, everybody! <laughs> what is this one called? They said it was right up my alley, and they were correct. Uh, it's um, Hellfire by Blom Brothers. Blom Brothers. By Blom Brothers. It's a, a pepper-infused vodka, and it is delicious. And one of the geekiest distilleries I think there are. Yeah. Uh, distilleries are pretty geeky as a general rule when they're crap. Most of them don't have actual geek stuff there. Oh, I saw the pictures. Yeah. They yeah, posted it on Facebook. Full I mean, of movie props and memorabilia. Yeah, so there was a giant Ghostbusters sign on the wall in the distillery room. They set up. They had a Mr. Stay Puff that was about five foot tall above the door to the tasting room. And then next to the um, um, still. Yeah, next to the column still, they had a functional flux capacitor light. Ooh. And then they had a bottle marked uh, they had a pony plutonium. Cake. Yeah, they had a pony cake with plutonium signs on it. I'll, I will post these pictures in the show notes as well. And then, of course, when you get into the bathroom, you at least the men's bathroom, you look a little bit to the right, and there is a three-foot Darth Vader here with a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess it is nerdier than any other distillery I've been to. And normally it's just the... I'm a liquor nerd. Oh, I just had an alcohol shiver. Ooh. There you go. Oh. So apparently the flux capacitor aids in the production of the booze somehow. Flux is the capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, 1.21 gigawatts. And of course, they had Scott. to mark all the uh, granage they weren't going to be able to use yet. So they put a little Luke Skywalker screaming no on it. <laughs> yeah. No! <laughs> they, had, they had different memes on as labels on their drain totes. So Don't you dare fucking right. call it Mems. Don't. Don't. You already have. Ah! <laughs> Curse you and your logic. Hey. So is everybody having a good convention? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, <laughs> so, I think we'll save Aaron for, for last. But, uh, I don't know. Steve, do you want to talk about what your favorite part is? Well, I mean, this is my first gun rights, essentially anything, um, being relatively new to the gun rights community. Uh, I mean, I did do Rick Hector's women's shoot uh, back in May around Mother's Day, but this is the first time I've gotten hands dirty, feet wet, and started networking with bigger people, shaking hands with Eric Pratt, uh, Mr. Gottlieb himself, you know, petting the dog Winston. And just generally, you know, making nice with all the good people um, that are fighting the good fight. I think the highlight for me was uh, listening to uh, Mr. Goldstein, the attorney uh, for Defense Distributed and the Second Amendment Foundation. I mean, and I, I have a general grasp of, at least in layman's terms, of how things go, what you can do, what you can't do. But the absolute mind-numbing morass of crap that is ITAR is, is just mind-blowing. Yeah, and, and Heinrich's just sitting here with a smug little grin because he's got a we'll CNR and that is going away. We'll get to that. Okay. Let's do and, finish. No, it, and it'll be a perfect segue because, I mean, there are things I'd like to do and I, I hate the legal process because I deal with it on a daily basis doing what I do professionally. And the fact that I, I wouldn't necessarily call the Second Amendment Foundation and Goldstein and the team that fought the State Department and won a bunch of upstarts, but the fact that the State Department actually walked back 
their their policies. And, and they, they essentially went to Cody Wilson and the crew and said, we give up, you win, here's a stack of money, we're going away. <laughs> I, I've dealt with legal cases at the federal level, you know, in my profession, and you don't win against big papa government. You, there's just, I mean, they have unlimited funds, and they will bleed you dry. They'll, they win convictions in 95% of everything they touch. So the fact that they couldn't make stick is it, it just it just blows my mind. And then of course just the, the legal process with everything is just now out of curiosity, how much do you know about the SAF? Not enough. Let me put it this way: their reputation. This is a lawyers' con. Yeah, lawyers, and they win these cases. Oh, oh, definitely. And they are. And and what I've found is, you know, compared to other groups, you know, NRA and everybody else, they are. Uncompromised, and I heard it at the conference today from you know the women's panel. My my compromise is constitutional carry. My compromise is freedom. My compromise is the two way. Anything less is unacceptable. True, but they do compromise. As in, this is our end goal. We take it in bite sized chunks. We'll take half this year. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where it is. I mean, a lot of us. Newer gun guys were all like, get rid of the NFL. But we can't jump straight there. And no. that's where a lot of them are forgetting it. Where's step one? Where's step two? Where's step three? Okay, so that being said, we could, I guess, maybe go to you, Matt, and then we're going we go to him, and then we cover your step one, step two, step three um, from your perspective as a tech and a, and a gun. Honestly, I've got about three steps on getting rid of the NFA that I think would probably work the best. And the question is, which one gets gold first? Step one, I think, would either be the Hughes Amendment. No, getting that removed. Okay. Because we're not trying to get them off the NFA. All we're saying is, you new full autos. Reopen the industry. Right. You need to be able to register and manufacture new ones. So any gun that has been manufactured since that, P90, Chris Vector, DeVore, you name it, you have to be a dealer to get one of those. Block 18. I think there were one or two Block 18s that came before. There's a couple. There's a, there's a couple out there. Okay. And there's also Beretta 92. Or 93s. 93s. 93R. There's, I think I heard one or two that are civilian yeah. transferable. Keep Not in mind, me. the stats came out recently. There are a total of 630,000 transferable machine guns. That's it. That registry was closed in yeah. a bit more than two years before I was born. Right. Now, it's not going to be practical for me to ever buy one of those. The price tag is so absolutely absurd. Right. Now, just you, you, flood, you flood the market with cheaper and newer product, and the price will essentially come down. And yeah. Right. It will return, because it does not cost what these guns are costing yeah. to manufacture. I mean, just this weekend, I saw AR-15s where I could build one for about 400 bucks. Right. You could build a full auto for maybe an extra $50 in parts, not $25,000, $30,000 for a lower. Right. Not even that. And, and another way to think about this is you can go into a gun shop today and buy an FNPS-90. Mm-hmm. So the, the the fully legal carbine version of the P90, 
And then you can put in your paperwork, and the paperwork will go through, and then you can lop the barrel off and make it a semi-auto-only P90. But you cannot go and, no matter what you do, buy, go the, and buy the sear. And yeah, convert yeah. that to convert that to full auto legally. And it really kind of doesn't make any sense, because you can uh, make new suppressors every day, they're making new short barrel rifles, they're making new short barrel shotguns, they're making any other weapon. You can... You can go and get an M203 grenade launcher right now. Right, but with today's politics, that might be a little touchy to get across, though, if we're going to try it, we need to push out. This is exactly the legal strictures people have to operate under if they own one. If you want to drive across state lines, you have to write the federal government and ask permission. Right. Just in order to do that. You're going to have it all registered to your name. You have all this information on it. It's not like this is untraceable gun. This is this is registered yeah. to the federal government. Yeah, it, it it's it's traced, it's tracked. The, the the only thing they're lacking is one of my tracking devices on on the buttstock of the gun. More or less. I want to tell a very very no. brief funny story. I have a friend who owns several fully automatic weapons. I mean, he's got a literal tripod mounted machine gun. I don't remember the model number. I'm sorry. But yeah, he has to fill out those forms because he was going to go to a blog shoot and he's got to fill it out with the ATF to cross state lines. Right. And on the forms, you have to give the reason for why you're crossing state lines with it. And what he puts down every time is, chicks dig full auto. <laughs> <laughs> That's my story. I mean, and there are a lot of guns now that are really only practical in fully auto. Like a Chris Vector. That gun is really lame, and it's overly expensive. $1,400 for a semi-auto with a weird bolt-operating mechanism? I actually I find them unpleasant, because it almost has an upward recoil. I, I actually, the one time I was shooting a, crisp, a semi-auto Chris Vector, mm-hmm. I had a little strawberry on my cheek for my cheek well. I've never actually shot one that was semi-auto only. Uh, local gun shop actually has one in full auto. So, I do a couple shots, get used to it, put it on doubles. 30 yards, freehand, the bullet holes were touching. Ooh. It's that fast. Now, the problem is... It was just one of the 45s? Yes. Now, here's the thing. You flip that thing onto full auto, so it's just unlimited burst, and the gun actually donuts. <laughs> because you're firing, and then you're losing it, and then it starts going here, and you fight back, and it starts climbing up, and then goes to the left, and then you just pretty much chase yourself trying to control the recoil. Well, that's better than climbing upwards, isn't Wait. it? It climbs upwards and side to side. Oh. So yeah. you're literally, I'm firing here, and it starts going here, no, and then it starts coming here, no, and then... So, so you're, you're, you're working, literally going, you're, you're painting the target. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was just saying, since the, the tendency is always to want to rise, it's very easy to shoot the sky, but if it's doing that, you can more or less just sort of, eh, center a mass, what the heck. That's just how... Bad it's fighting, even knowing what you're doing, it's right. still squirming all over. Oh, yeah, well, once he explained it, I realized what he was saying. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's too fast of a rate of fire, but in order to do the really cool doubles thing, it needs that high of a rate of fire. Mm-hmm. If you want a subgun that's really fun and easy to shoot, something about the 600 to 800 rounds per minute range. That so is control. Oh, that's so want one of those. <clears throat> yeah, but honestly. Getting that might be difficult, but it is one of the first two steps that would be a good stepping stone. The other one would be something along the lines of legalizing suppressors, or at least getting it down to it's done on a NYX check. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to go buy it 
and wait half a year. Well, that was the entire point of the Hearing Protection Act. Exactly. And where are we on that, she asked rhetorically. Uh, politicians, mainly. Uh, we, we have a problem. We all know this. And it's called the party system. Because the guys in control are not our friends. The lower-level politicians are. But if they ever want to get committee chairmanships, move up. They've got to support the party system. They need to vote along party lines at least a certain enough amount of time to be able to get on the chairmanships and on the committees in order to do this stuff. And then eventually they'll punch their ticket, but somewhere along the way, they forget their roots. They're all afraid of killing the job. Exactly. And that's kind of where we're at. So you have the people who are currently in charge. The gun rights thing died. I mean, my entire family, other than me, Basically anti-gun. I am so just, sorry. Or at most, they're like, yeah, guns are okay. You're, you're, they don't understand the engineering aspect that drives me and Heinrich. We <laughs> love the engineering stuff. But I think something to do with easing the acquisition of suppressors, and that is an easy argument for us to make because we are literally trying to protect people's hearing. Otherwise, the HPA, getting rid of the Hughes Amendment, one of those two would be a good starting point. And then we move on from there. So then we start going, let's get rid of the short barrel rifles, short barrel shotguns. Because, I mean, we're looking at stuff like AR pistols with a SIG brace. Or these firearms, short barrel shotguns with a pistol grip. <laughs> because it's 27 inches long, but it's not a shotgun. And it's not a rifle barrel, so it's that. And it's a gun. That's all we can call it. Yeah. Yeah. Weapon not otherwise specified. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like... I, it I goes boom. Yeah. You gotta get them tight. I am a walking exemption. <laughs> More or less, yes. I mean, it's beautiful in that regard. But yeah. it's also kind of absurd. I mean, you also have uh, the Franklin Arms Reclamation. or The Churro Rifle. Yeah. Shooting Nerf Bullets. I I know I know Franklin does what the binary trigger yes. and then it was is this the one with the non rifle barrel or it's, it's straight straight cut rifling so it's not okay, so it's, it is rifle by by the physical definition and the fact that there are lands and grooves cut into the in, into the uh, right, into the barrel right, right. but since they are not they are not spin stabilizing rifling they do not meet the U S legal law for rifling. So therefore, it is rifled, but it is unrifled. So therefore, it can't Here, be here's, here's to American ingenuity and yeah. saying, screw you to the various... It's not a loophole, it's compliance. Yeah. <laughs> it really yeah, I'll toast to that. Yeah. And, 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 by, and by shooting Nerf bullets, it's literally shooting... Uh, Unstabilized I, I I sabots is what I would... Kind of, it, or flechettes. Like, it's not even that. It looks like a, a Nerf football with the fins... Machined out of copper. And supposedly it's 300 blackout because you really can't machine that down in 223 and still be able to have something. So the guns they were showing off at NRA were 223, and I think they were shooting four or five inch groups at 50 yards. They were keyholing. Yeah, keyholing too. And they hadn't gotten these specialty bullets into production yet. And they're going to do 300 blackout because it's a bigger round. They can do the manufacturing easier. And it's also. We're not going to have a pistol brace on it. We're going to have a regular stock on it. And when you're looking at stuff like the new SIG brace, it's, okay, the SBA-3, it's collapsible. It uses a standard carbine buffer tube. 
I believe it's mil-spec even. It uses the same buffer tube, but it's, when fully extended, it doesn't go to, I think, a 14-inch length of pull or something like that. They have a specific length of pull that if, from the trigger to the back of the stock, if it's this length or longer, it is a stock. If it is less than that length, and your arm can hook into it, or get braced underneath your arm, it's a brace. <laughs> and, 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 and this is why lawyers are so freaking rich. <laughs> and it's also why William Shakespeare did write, first we kill all the lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> that he did. That he did. <laughs> all right. All right. I, want to hear, I want to hear Heinrich talk now. <laughs> all right. I, I'm going okay. to preface this. We are listening to Goldstein's first speech. So before he starts talking about what he did for Defense Distributed, mm-hmm. this was his first speech where he was talking about ITAR. Yeah. And Heinrich Heinrich's just kind of sitting here on his phone because we're doing the live stream and he's kind of a gopher to help us get it done. And everything else, I mean, sometimes it's like, this person is talking too fast. Tell him that. Get him to pull back from the mic. That kind of stuff. And he's just kind of sitting there bored, and then he hears something, and, hello. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting excited here. Stop, stop! My penis can only get so erect! Uh. <laughs> so, yeah. he pulls Goldstein aside after the end, and now he's been tempted by doing a thing for a while. The thing holding him back was ITAR. Go. Okay, so, the long talk about ITAR, which most of it I already know, because I listen to Kleckner's Law Podcast. Trigger Words. Trigger Words with Ryan Kleckner. It's a good show. It'll explain a lot of stuff in ways that you can actually understand it if you want to learn about firearms law. Even though he's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but you still need to know the, those laws we'll, we'll, if you're we'll going to be working around. in the field. So, I want to go through and get my 07 FFL and my SOT which will, having those two pieces of paper will let me be fully legal to manufacture new sem- or new full autos and suppressors and things like that at home. And it also enables him with his super high-speed camera that he can then receive full auto for testing and evaluation for other manufacturers. Yes, yeah. other people can ship me stuff, we can do consulting work. We can get all of the awesome high speed. It's cool, but it's expensive. Yeah, the 07 FFL, not very (laughs) expensive. The SOT, more expensive. You have to renew it every year. Still not that hard. How much is it? 300 or 500? I think it's the 500. Might be 500 the first year, and then it's cheaper to renew. I, I don't have the exact figures. It's expensive, but it's achievable. <laughs> okay, for, for our audience who don't speak acronym, what's an 07 FFL? An 07 FFL is a manufacturer of firearms and ammunition. Okay, and what's an SOT? An SOT is registering with the ATF as a special occupation taxpayer, which allows you to handle NFA items, which would be suppressors, machine guns, short barrel rifles, short barrel shotguns that are all covered by the National Firearms Act. The stuff that you have to register. The stuff that normally, if you live in a state that you can handle them, is a $200 tax stamp per item and a 6 to 10 month wait per item. Uh. If you have your SOT, 
you have an SOT, you can have those transferred to you for no cost because you're a dealer. You're paying the cost as a yeah, you're paying, overall tax. Yeah, you're paying yeah. as the SOT fee because they're expecting you to be selling these, so you have to be able to receive them and then sell them. So that's the paperwork that allows you to access the stuff at ATF and do those transfers. The 07 FFL lets you actually build all this stuff so that you can sell it to other people or that you can do research on it. But all of this, all of the information I have seen on the internet makes it seem like you, if you register as, or if you have an 07 FFL, which would let you manufacture things, you would have to register with the State Department under the International Trade or International Traffic and or Trade and Arms Registry Regulations. The, Basically, the ITAR. I, ITAR. It's the if you do any if you make or sell or store anything that is on the. Uh, United States munitions list, which includes things like certain microchips and night vision goggles and spacesuits and tanks and rockets and fighter jets and occasionally just random other stuff. Like decryption programs. Yeah, like encryption. Um, yeah, CAD software. Uh, anything that could be technically useful to someone back in the Cold War when they didn't want the Soviets to get our tech, or the Libyans to use it to design a bomb. They put it on this list, and then you had to register with the State Department before you could handle this stuff, export it from the country, import it, it tell someone that you work with it, all kinds of stuff like that. And what's the cost of that? That cost is $2,250 a year. <laughs> so, that was an unobtainable jump for Matt and I to be doing stuff for YouTube because I'd have to do a lot of consulting work for people before I could cover that kind of a cost. And that's also a cost we can't put into better gear. So uh -huh. better equipment, better mics, better cameras, better lenses. That's, yeah. That cost is half of the high-speed camera that we've got. Mm -hmm. And that would buy a lot of lenses and lighting and other cameras and associated stuff that we could really use to run our YouTube channel or machinery to make things. So materials. So what changed? Uh, apparently, you got some well, good news. What's the good news? After his talk, when Mr. Goldstein was coming off the stage, I introduced myself and asked him a couple questions about ITAR and. Because I wanted to talk directly to a lawyer who knows what he's working on and ask if I really do have to register if I'm not selling because I would be doing consulting work and for other companies or developing new data that would only be going to other U.S. companies and not publishing any of it. And it seems like if I'm not publishing it and I'm meticulous about not giving it to any company that might be foreign, I may not have to register for ITAR, Ooh. which gets rid of a $2,000 a year fee, which makes all of the awesome high-speed high footage of machine guns and things possible. And, and of course, it allows him to go build his Stormtrooper armor and build a stun gun as a machine gun, 
uh-huh. or when he's running around as a stormtrooper in matches. But he's too short for a stormtrooper. <laughs> That's the joke! <laughs> yeah. So, if this, if this plays out as well as I think, I'm going to have all the machine guns. Which means you guys get to come to visit us sometime because him, all machine guns, you yeah. really think, considering this liquor selection, which is just a part, yeah. what do you think the machine gun collection is going to look like? I, I hope you don't mind. I'm no. going to try your apple pie. Oh, you go right ahead. All right. Uh, I feel sorry for you because you're not going to be able to put it down. Okay. <laughs> it's like a... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> So for those who can't see, oh my, I need a drink. I need a drink. How do you like that, huh? Erin has just removed her breast and it attacked Steve. Um, for people who are uh, more curious than sensible, um, I have mastectomy grade prosthetics that I wear to enhance my bosom. And uh, they are fabulous. Yes, they're quite. Na- I should hope so, considering what I pay for these suckers. So, <clears throat> in front of God and everyone, who wants to feel my boob? I want to see what this last wears. Oh wow! Yes. <laughs> I, I've I've already felt them back at uh, back at NRA. We were checking into our room, and I had bags in my hands, right. and I leaned oh, over my yeah. elbow, brushed up against Aaron's breast, and I immediately got super duper like self conscious and realized. Oh wait, Aaron doesn't have actual breasts. And then I went, but I reacted like they were. I'm like, what are you using? Because those are good. <laughs> and for people who obviously couldn't see, I passed it around, and all the boys, after giving it a nice firm cop and squeeze, they're going, hmm, yes, yes, I, I think so. Hmm. I approve. Trunk <laughs> monkey approves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just for laughs, I'm gonna link. To I'm going to give the Amazon link in the show notes, because awesome. why not? Why not? You too can have these. <laughs> they make great coffee table adornments. <laughs> you can get them in all sorts of sizes. I don't even... This isn't even the biggest. They've got much, much bigger ones. Oh, man. I, I can't wait to look at this Amazon link. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on the apple pie? I haven't had a chance to drink it yet. Because <laughs> I got handed a boo. <laughs> <laughs> time we're done. Oh, it's empty. <laughs> so this is my first uh, trip to the Gun Rights Policy Conference, so I, I don't have anything to, uh, to to judge it on, but I was very, very impressed. There was a lot of people from the, we'll just say left of center. I don't know if they, any, I don't I think anybody actually identified themselves as a Democrat. Several identified themselves as, as liberal. Oh, I see the distinction you're making. I'm still pretty sure that my two friends, uh, Sarah Kate and Tiffany Johnson, who identify as liberal, I think they also identify as Democrat. I, I'm not going to put words in their mouth, but I'm pretty sure that's how they vote. But the important thing is that they vote Second Amendment. Good for them. Yes. And so I was pleased to see that because 
again, this is, you know, the second, we can't, we can't win the second amendment just by pure partisanship. No. We need, we need a big tent. We need all takers. That was actually, um, a, the point of several speeches at AmCon yesterday. And are you guys going to post that to YouTube where other people can see no, it? No, that is specifically prior attendees and oh, current dread. attendees. Oh, dread. I was hoping people could see my speech because I thought I gave a good one. But the very short version here is that both Tiffany and Sarah made the point that when you are looking for allies in the Second Amendment, stop talking about all you liberals because we will not succeed on our own. We need the help of pro-Ben liberals. And if you lump all liberals as the enemy, you're pushing away allies. And so we need to be single issue on this. It has to be about the Second Amendment and not about right versus left. Actually, on the Gunnery's Policy Conference live stream, which, since we're all here live, I'm about the only person other than Heinrich that knows the content. First thing we played on that was an interview with Sarah Cade on that very point. So if you go to the Second Amendment Foundation's Facebook page, go to the first live stream from Gun Race Policy Conference, it'd be Saturday morning about 8 a.m., or maybe 7.40 a.m. is when it posted, and the first nine minutes is an interview with Sarah Kane on that very point. It is a fabulous interview. That's probably just a restatement of what she said at AmCon, and that was good stuff. It wasn't actually a restatement. It wasn't? Oh, wow, even better. This is what probably formed that. Because we had this conversation about two weeks ago. Oh, okay. I thought you actually filmed it this morning. Oh, my mistake. I, I We pre-recorded it, and the right. first one Paul recorded it, the second one I recorded it. So Right on. This was her second revision on this, and then a little bit of probing to kind of get a little more Flesh information. The... Exactly. Okay, cool. It was a really... Really fabulous interview. Well, I spoke at the, the dinner after today's event with, is it Lana or Lara from the Liberal Gun Club? Uh, Miss Smith. Laura. 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 I believe it's Laura Coolianne Smith. I may be off on the pronunciation. Yeah, and Weird I, likes to point out that I can't do names. You do names <laughs> wonderfully, Aaron. But yeah, I, I caught her while we were waiting for dinner, and... She was speaking to another gentleman from Illinois Gun Rights, and I don't recall what I got, whatever it was on a shirt. I gold. Well, no, it was literally, his was Illinois Gun Owners Together. Oh, never heard of that. But but it's one of their t-shirts or whatever else, and he, he was talking with her and Anya, and it was, how do you deal with the the liberal label and you know prior to my own conversion to being more of a gunny i was classified as a liberal and i said it was you know socially liberal fiscally conservative and and i name dropped aaron and i name dropped obs because that's what i do i'm I'm wearing the obs t-shirt for crying out and you look fabulous darling well thank you thank you and i've i've branched out and i still have and and everybody's right. You have to... I don't like using the cliche, reach across the aisle, but having... You know, when, when you have less than half of the, the crowd and you ignore the other half for, you know, by virtue of politics, you're, you're not going to... You're not going to make any progress. It was actually exactly. demonstrated 
um, earlier today that the Velcro backing of the OBS patch, which, by the way, is now available for sale. I don't know exactly how many I have. I have a box full of them. Um, I might have a thousand. I don't entirely know. I didn't <laughs> count. I got a lot. But uh, it was discovered that the Velcro backing will adhere to a beard. And uh, not only did Weird demonstrate this, but so did Heinrich. And it looks fabulous on his dwarven beard. Uh, mine, mine is not long enough no, no, yet. Apply a little pressure. Apply a little pressure. You'll feel it. You'll feel it when it works. No, not yet. <laughs> Needs a little work. But getting back to what I was saying, is it, it, was, good to I. it was good to see both the amount of people who are pro-Second Amendment, but also more on the liberal side of things. That it's not just for conservatives, Republicans, and libertarians. But also, I think, maybe not as intentional, because the people that were talking about being liberal and being pro-gun uh, were definitely making it at the point of their speeches. But I was noticing, and I don't know if you guys noticed it as much, but there was also a lot of people from the more conservative side of the group talking about us getting screwed over by the Republicans when it comes to gun legislation, is that there are people on the Republican side. So again, the labels don't match the politics. You cannot say that the liberals or the Democrats are, are all our enemies because they are not. Right. And you cannot say that all the conservatives or all the Republicans are our friends because they're not. So I've had two interviews this weekend, both with Vice, curiously. Um, one was a video interview, one was text. And in both of them, I've had to explain that politics is not a line between uh, liberal and conservative, but it's actually a graph where you've got liberal and conservative in one direction, and then you've got authoritarian versus libertarian in the other. And it's authoritarian, which is gun control, and libertarian which is Second Amendment. And so you can be a pro-Second Amendment Democrat. You can be a pro-gun control Republican. And both times I've said that, they had that, oh, really? I never thought of that. That makes sense. Huh. And there's another thing to keep in mind. The U.S., we are based, the entire idea of the Constitution is very, very liberal. So when you talk... Classically liberal. Yes. Classically liberal. Classically liberal on the world stage. And what is more liberal than giving every person the ability to have a gun? You are liberating them. Exactly. Through liberal. Well, that's the, that's the big joke on the Trump is actual Hitler. Whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, actual Hitler is not giving his enemies guns. <laughs> no, he was literally sending in the troops to take their guns. Yeah. That were registered. And, and drafting legislation that said... Okay, I'm going to relax some of the Weimar Republic's gun laws, of which all the the, uh, the anti-gunners talk about. Hitler wasn't that anti-gun. He relaxed the Weimar Republic's gun laws for the non-Jews. For the Jews, all of a sudden, you could they could get sent away for having a cudgel. Yeah, the, the Jews were actually caught in a catch-22. I know, big surprise. But I, I read a story where the, the proclamation was made that Jews cannot possess firearms. Possession was a crime. And a gentleman who had served previously in the war and had a weapon, I don't remember if it was a pistol or a rifle, but he he was a good, law-abiding man, and he went to the police station to surrender his weapon, and they arrested him because he was a Jew in possession of a firearm, which was against the law. 
But, but meanwhile, actually, in the United States, we you can't they they they've stated I can't remember what the court case was. Maybe you guys remember off the top of your head. But criminals cannot be compelled to register their guns in a state that has mandatory registration because it would be self incrimination, and that goes against the Fifth Amendment. Same thing for filling out a forty four seventy. I actually had that court case listed somewhere, and I cannot remember. And of course, one to keep in mind is speaking of taking your gun into the police station to register it and getting arrested. That's happening right now in California. Yeah. There are multiple cases. Somebody comes here to register their gun. They're arrested, charged with felonies for possession of these weapons while attempting to register them. And I believe, to be more specific on that, I think I'm familiar with with that case, was that they tried to register their gun during the amnesty period, during the grace period, before the law came into effect, and the the state registration system was never worked. Never, never, yeah. never worked, so they were unable to register it. So they tried to comply with the law. They were unable to comply with the law, and now that they're trying to comply with the law ex post facto, they're now they're essentially admitted to a crime. Which is downright insane. The moral of the story is, if you can't register in time, assuming you want to register, and you miss the deadline, uh, you should probably lose it in a tragic boating accident. Well, but then there's also the, the side of it where, me in Massachusetts, where we have our full registry, and I've bought various rifles that were, by my and everybody else in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts understanding for, for a decade, compliant rifles. Hmm. And then Mara Healy all of a sudden said, nope, 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 it's not. And since she's an attorney general, there's no ex post facto because she's just interpreting the law. So it's not like the law was ever changed. She's just saying, no, it's always been like that. So therefore, the guns that are in my safe and are registered to my name, the guns that are not in my safe because I bought them and I sold them, I could technically go to prison for. Is she up for election again? Yes, she's she, she is she is she is up for she's up for election in November. I will be voting against her. Is how are the polls looking? I actually have not seen the polls. I was watching on, only on the primaries. The uh, I know the candidate for um, attorney general, the Republican challenger Jay McMahon, has a lot of popular backing within that. I don't know how popular Mara Healy is within the Democrat base. I heard so, that she may have done something to piss him off. I don't know what it was, but I heard that neither side was super happy with it. Oh, let's hope so. Well, I yeah. there would there would be nothing that would make me happier. And let me tell you, I will not keep that secret from you, listeners of the Assorted Calibers podcast, or Handgun Radio, or any other podcast that I'm going to be on after that happens. I'll be I will be doing cartwheels in the street. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling you're not going to just be doing cartwheels. You'll be doing naked cartwheels down the street. Flappity flappity. <laughs> I come from a relatively free state, you know, and I've, I think I've probably mentioned it on the mag dump or assorted segments that I've done. I, I don't know how Detroit gets lumped in with a lot of the memes that I've talked about, you know, gun control. We have those issues and... I, I don't know how you get by behind enemy lines. I mean, Michigan isn't exactly gun-friendly. We're kind of purple. I mean, we did kind of roll roll red in 2016. 
But uh, you still have handgun registry. Don't you have permits to? You have, don't you have to get a permit to purchase as well? The permit to purchase, to my understanding, is actually on its way out. I hopefully I'm not 100 percent up on the laws at present, and I'm also very drunk. <laughs> um, so I'm my my cognition is not all there. He's um, a drunk monkey now. <laughs> <laughs> drunk monkey is happening to me. He's not been locked in a trunk all wait, weekend. Wait, wait. I just don't know. It it's really weird when you know people say you know Detroit is like Chicago, and I take from Rhonda's talk earlier today. The people of Detroit are good. The people of Chicago are good. They've got a bad rap because of the bad apples, the bad eggs in town, and you know with all these prohibitions that you deal with, and there's no. I mean, I bought my pistols, before, you know, while there was a registry. So my handgun is registered with the the local police chief, and I'm on a first name basis with the guy. But my rifles and my shotgun, and my other assorted boomsticks are not. So you know, your approved list of uh, you know a Glock with a ten pound pull, you know, trigger pull, you know, Massachusetts compliant. There are no, by the way, there are no Massachusetts compliant Glocks. Yeah, so. Yeah, but but the cops get them. Cops get them, and I just don't know. I it, it boggles my mind to see you know fellow Americans just you know up the shitter with <laughs> really bad politics. Yeah, well, and, I, I I I must say there's there is a bit of a double edged sword to it. Is yes, it's it's lousy. It really is a bummer, especially like. We've got that crazy handgun safety roster, and I do handgun radio. Like, I'm a handgun fanatic. Like, that's one of those, if I had a wish list of what could I take off of the list, and, you know... It, it'd be long. You'd, you'd there, spend an hour there's, talking there, there's about a long, There's a long one, but I'm going to say, if I had, if I rubbed a magic lamp and a genie came out and said, you can get rid of one gun law in Massachusetts, on my own selfish level, it would be... The handgun safety roster, though maybe the permit system. The permit system's pretty awful, and it's a pretty pretty inconvenient thing. But the uh, but the handgun safety roster, just to the pure selfishness of the, there are so many guns that I just can't get. But then again, you have the flip side of if somebody's got one in your state, they are an activist. That's and 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 that's and that's what I'm saying is a double edged sword. Is that's where I came from in Maine. I was anti-gun, and then I became more pro-gun as I learned about the guns. But I didn't really have any fire in my belly. I I was there, and I, I, I liked truth, and I didn't like the fact that I was duped into following gun control, uh, especially in the lead-up to the 1994 assault weapons ban with so much untruthful of the, oh, you can't hunt a deer with an AR-15, and there'll be nothing left. Well, actually... In some states, you can't hunt a deer with an AR-15 because the caliber is too small. You need to, because they didn't have 300 blackout back then. But it's they're not super duper powerful. They're, meanwhile, you know the, the AR-15 is too powerful to hunt. But meanwhile, Grandpa's 30 out six or or 45 70. That's just fine. That's a perfect. I raised my turdy turdy and I blew his brains out. <laughs> that was authentic frontier gibberish, everybody. <laughs> no, actually, that's Escanaba in the Moonlight. Jeff Daniels, look it up. <laughs> Hilariously enough, my father-in-law says nearly the same line, 
but he does it in a thick Vermont accent. Youpers are big in Michigan. Yes. Trolls below the bridge. I'm one of the trolls. Youpers are Youpers are only in Michigan. Yes. <laughs> Michigan's the only place that has an upper peninsula for the Youpers. <laughs> yeah. But keep in mind, everyone seems to think you have it bad. But no state, I would say, is actually good on gun laws. There are very yeah. few. I mean, I lived in Iowa, and I went to buy a gun. I go to a gun show because I'd heard about the gun show loophole. I was completely clueless. I go to buy it. It's like, oh, yeah, have you gone and asked your sheriff for permission to buy this? What? Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't you uh-huh. do a 4473 and buy a pistol? I've been sitting, filling out my 4473 and showing my purchase permit or my carry permit, which allows you to not qualify as your purchase permit in Iowa. And multiple times I've seen someone come up, fill out their 4473, hand it to the person that's running the booth, and they go, well, do you have your purchase permit? And they don't have any idea what that is. Mm-hmm. And you can't buy a handgun in Iowa without a purchase permit that you get from your sheriff. Same thing for Nebraska. And then Iowa, at least, you want to get your concealed carry permit, take the class, you walk down to the sheriff's office in your county, and you can get your permit. For me in Nebraska, I have to get the purchase permit, and that is from the local law enforcement. Right. Your carry permit you must get from the state patrol mm-hmm. at their nearest headquarters. So from where I live, the nearest one is 60 miles, but that's 60 miles up over and around hills takes an hour and a half to drive. Right. So, time-wise, the actual nearest one is going to be 90 miles away. And I'm on the highly populated end of the state. So, we are insanely low on carry permits, and then the carry permits are for a pistol. That's it. You can have no liquor in your system, you have duty to inform. So, that means, let's say you drank the night before, like we're doing right now, and you're like, okay, I'm sober in the morning, I put my gun on. If it's still in your urine, you cannot carry it. Yep. And how are you supposed to know that? Breathalyzer in the morning, everybody. But breathalyzer doesn't count. If it's completely out of your blood, and only in your urine, you're still in violation. What? Which sucks. Of course, they aren't going to know unless they make you pee, and why would they make you pee if it's out of your blood? But how... I mean, it's how Depends far does how an bad. officer want to go? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. We've had a lot to drink tonight. Try to relax. That's, <laughs> that's firmly in the contempt of cop range. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Exactly, but in state law it says if they demand it, they can have urine, blood, breathalyzer, you name it. Yeah. And if it's in any of those, bye-bye. Yeah. And if you don't consent, they're still going to take you to the station. And they're going to force consent. Yep. Which happens in Michigan. Uh, well, I mean, all they really have to do is deny you a bathroom until they have you at a toilet that they control. It's not like... I've, I've seen the forever. inside of MSP police stations. Don't ask me why. My why, interns- Steve? My internships 20 moons ago. My first experience in law enforcement was with Michigan State Police, and I spent six months with them as I was working towards my degree to be... One of the badge boys in blue. And if we didn't get a, a breathalyzer, we held you in the drunk tank in the post. Until you were either ready to pee yourself or 
just consent. So it made for nice long shifts that were unpleasant, but they got what they wanted. And it was just not fun. Not fun. So dealing with drunks on the freeway, if, if you got pulled over by MSP, you really pissed them off. The good rule of thumb, 12 miles an hour over, you get pulled by MSP. Under that, you were fine. Oh, if you I, got, if I you love got, Detroit traffic. If you, if you got pulled by county, you must have done something really stupid. I mean, like, really stupid. Not not just blown taillight. It's like you cut somebody off like the cop. <laughs> yeah. And and they said, you know, I was going to get a donut. And flicked a lit joint onto his windshield. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're, we're going down 96, and, and you cut off a cop. And he was and he was in an undercover unit. And he'd pull your ass over. I mean, I love Detroit. I do Chicago driving all the time. I've done Detroit driving. Rush hour traffic here, you're doing anywhere from zero to well mile an hour. <laughs> Detroit rush hour traffic, it's 60 to 80 mile an hour bumper to bumper. Yep. We don't give a crap. Oh, that sounds like Atlanta. <laughs> we're, we're no, there. Well, Atlanta just doesn't move, and you've got eight lanes in either direction. Oh, I beg to differ. Atlanta is everyone's moving at highway speed. There's at most a foot between the bumpers, and you're going, if someone so much as taps the brakes, we all die. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. That's I've seen that when I lived down south. That's yeah. awesome. Because <laughs> if you're a good driver, you're on it. You're not, I'm sitting here for the next two hours to go a quarter mile. <laughs> the downside is, is Motor City, we love our cars, but, you know, as Aaron mentioned, you know, Atlanta, you know, you've got eight lanes in, eight lanes out, and it's gridlock. But it's like gridlock at 80 miles an hour. <laughs> in Detroit, it's like three lanes each way, and there's gunfire, and the freeways are below grade. <laughs> so it's like, if stuff got really bad, it'd be like a river of blood, like in Ghostbusters. <laughs> like, it'd be really bad. The sad part is, here in Chicago, I know of a couple of instances where that's happened. With gunfire on the interstates. Yay. <laughs> Near downtown. I mean, quite literally, the gentrified area now that is Hipsterville. And Which neighborhood is that, for those of us that don't know? Uh, it's really basically right near the loop. So, okay. anybody who goes through here knows Dan Ryan, and you're talking right down by uh, Fulton Market area. Okay. So, right down there. Actually, funny part. Oprah Studio used to be down there? And that got bulldozed and is now the new McDonald's headquarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they bulldozed it, moved the corporate headquarters from out here in anti-tax area because all the new kids want to be downtown in the gentrified area. And so they built a multi- a skyscraper headquarters downtown. And they called it Hamburger University. <laughs> okay, well, I saved the best for last. Aaron... How has your conference been? We get to talk about me. Yay! Yes, yes there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> we are not done. We are ready to go. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but that sounds profound, Zen Master. Uh, my, my conference has been good. It actually started a day before most people. Clank, clank. Um, because I was a speaker at AMCON, the alternate mass media conference, the con before the con. Uh, hosted by Paul Athrop of Polite Society Broadcast. I need to make it now. You, yes, yeah. you missed my panel, you... Mer. My plane was late. 
Yes, I know. I can only fly so fast, my dude. All right. So I actually started a day early, and I was on the panel titled uh, Preaching Beyond the Choir, and I was the token white girl. Uh, Everyone else was brown or black, and there, there was me. Now, when I hear the word panel, and it's different between this and, and GRPC, I know what to expect from GRPC, but when I hear I'm on a panel, and especially since this is only the second AMCON, and I know what happened in the first AMCON when there was a panel, and Miss Cheryl Todd of Gun Freedom Radio, I want to be here when I grow up, um, she would actually moderate the panel, and she would be the perfect hostess, and she would ask questions, and that's what I expected it would be. And especially when I found out that Miss Cheryl was uh, running the back half, because last year Paul ran everything, and I'm, I'm not denigrating your work, boys, but he, he tried to run everything, and it was he, he, he stressed out. And so he delegated, and he had um, Amanda Suffercool, who I call Amanda so f- cool because she is, uh, she introduced the panels in the morning, and she... All right, here's who's coming up next, and she did the little. Okay, you've got five minutes. Okay, you've got to get off stage, and then uh, Miss Cheryl did it in the afternoon, and so okay, Miss Cheryl, not a problem. And prior to that, it had all been just individual speakers. I'm thinking panel. Okay, great. Then people are coming up, and she's introducing them individually, and they're all speaking, and I'm going, oh, I was supposed to have something prepared. Huh. <laughs> so when they got to me, I explained the situation, and I said, well, in the immortal words of Bill Riley, fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I, I gave, I only had eight minutes, which is not enough, but I, I gave a good presentation, and uh, I had some good teachable moments, and that was fun. And so that was Friday, and then Saturday, I, I had a, a late start the morning. I arrived fashionably late and fabulous, and when I sat down next to my convention husband, Weirdbeard, uh, they were beginning... Actually, no, they hadn't even started the award ceremony. They still had speakers, but I, I was there for the award ceremony, and people were being given all sorts of awards. You know, the Ray Carter Blogger of the Year Award, Lifetime Achievement Award, this award, that award, and, and I'll be honest, my, my wicked little heart was green with envy, because, you know, I, I have the one season. It's like, I, I want to be recognized, too, but I also know that I haven't done anything to deserve it. And so, I... Okay, I use Facebook uh, to vent my feelings in a lot of ways. I, I, I put it in print, and there, it's out in the world. I feel better. I have exercised it. And so I, I was typing, and you can go to my public figure page. You can find it. And it was something like, uh, I'm at the award ceremony, and it's my goal to one day be given an award by the Second Amendment Foundation. I, I know that I haven't done anything to deserve it yet. Uh, it, it won't happen this year, but maybe maybe in the future. That's what I'm going to shoot for. Maybe someday I'll, I'll get an award. And while I was typing this, they were announcing the recipients of the Defender of Liberty Award. And for people who know about that, it's not just one person. They they do, I don't know, is it ten every year? But it, It's a handful. It's, it's, it's definitely a handful. It's not just one person. And so they were listing off names, and I wasn't honestly paying attention because I was, I was writing. And so uh, I, I finished writing that, and I hit post, and it posted. And then they said Aaron Paulette. 
literally immediately after. Yes! And and Weird is sitting right next to me. He can verify this. My head snapped up, and I went, what? Erin <laughs> had no idea what to do. She had to figure out that, oh, I'm supposed to walk up to the stage. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, w- where are my legs? I can't find my legs. And I don't know if you did it on purpose, but you definitely walked the long way up to the I stage. Did, I did, because it's like, I don't, but yeah, that that's that's the quickest way to the stage, but that's right down the front. That's that's not proper. I shouldn't do that. No, I should take the sides. So I'll go back and I'll go around because I'm dreaming, right? This isn't happening. <laughs> and uh, and I walk past uh, Andrew Gottlieb, who is Alan Gottlieb's son, and I say, pinch me because this isn't happening. He's like, yes, it's happening. <laughs> and, and, and I get up there just in time for the second photograph. They realize, oh, crap. Oh, we missed Aaron the first time. And, uh, Lauren Cooley and Smith is there, and I feel my knees begin to buckle, and I actually have to put my arm around her waist and lean on her, because otherwise I am going to collapse on stage, because I am lightheaded. I mean, it's, it's, the adrenaline is dumping, and I'm going, oh my god, I'm shaking, you're handing, it's true, I have it in my hand. Oh my god. And, and I walked off that stage like a drunk, just slowly and deliberately. Oh, yes, I'm going to use the handguard, three points of contact at all times. Oh. <laughs> Were you wearing your heels at that time? Because I was at the other end of the auditorium for that. Yes, well, uh, I have them here with me. These are high-heeled boots. So what is that? Is that... Two that's, inches? That, that's yeah. at least two and a half, two, two, two and a half inches. It's it's a semi-chunky heel. It's not a stiletto, but neither is it a big clodhopper. So I've got some pretty good uh, balance on them. But it, it, it really, it wasn't the ankles. It was the knees. I could feel them buckling. And so, <laughs> yeah, I was doing this for, just through the entire mi- intermission, just, <laughs> that happened. It was oh God. a solid 20 minutes before Aaron was functioning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, well, I watched from the other end of the auditorium, because that's just where I happened to put up camp, and it was like, when they mentioned her name, I was like, wait a sec. And then, it's like, she popped up. I saw your head pop up, too, because you're like, oh. And then she walks in. I'm like, where is Aaron going? Is she <laughs> leaving? My my head my head popped up because I was seriously concerned that Aaron was not going to be able to accept the award. <laughs> you know, if I had had the presence of mind, I think I would have asked you to escort me there just so I would have had someone to lean on and do the steering. The funny thing is, I almost blew off the award ceremony. Um, the main reason I didn't is because my very first GRPC, uh, when the, I believe it was the Blogger of the Year Award, was given to John Richardson of No Lawyers, Only Guns and Money. And he actually name-checked me an Operation Blazing Sword, and I wasn't there for that. Now, I've got a very good reason for it, because Gail Pepin had asked me about attending Mag 40. And when Gail Pepin wants to talk to you, you, you listen. Go. Yeah, and so, you, you know, I, okay, she's wanted to talk to me, but people are talking, let's not be rude. We went out in the patio and, and we talked. And so when I got back, it was like, oh, they mentioned you in Operation Blazing Sword, and there was applause. It's like, I missed it. <laughs> so, so I haven't missed an award ceremony since, just... Because I don't want to miss Nor things. Nor will you ever miss one ever again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did you ever go back and watch it? No, not yet. I've I've been busy the entire 
afternoon why from Tampa. Oh, that one! Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. yeah, and 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 he said my name, and there was applause, and he looked for me, and he couldn't find me. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so I had a good excuse, and I told him what was going on. He says, yes, that's a good excuse. It's fine. I I don't have the award with me. It's it's in my room on the other side of the hotel friggin' complex. We, we have all seated in but gorgeous. Yes. it's heavy. Oh my god, that has weight to it. Well, you can you club your convention husband with it if he gets yeah. out of yes. line tomorrow. Yes, I could. But I, I don't know. I might break it. No, we don't want no, to No, do you that. would not. <laughs> no, 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 you would not. Okay. He's got a soft <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I posted that picture everywhere on social media, and I captioned it with something like "giggles incoherently" or something. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you might you might want to throw it up on the ACP uh, 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 Facebook page. Get, yeah. Okay, get the, fix, get the fix one where eyes are open. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I said. See, I didn't realize there was more than one. Although I have to admit, Steve. The, the expression you had, even though your oh. eyes were closed, you had sort of a of a paternal benediction look to you. Like, you know, <laughs> yes, I approve. Uh, hmm. Actually, there was only one picture taken. Yeah, he, he digitally <laughs> opened my eyeballs. No, I didn't. How do you do that? It's <laughs> called live photos. So, before huh? you hit the camera button, it records a few seconds and a few seconds after. And uh-huh. then you can adjust where the picture is in that time frame. Hence the reason why when you scroll through the uh, the Apple photos, they, they, they bizarrely look alive, and it's... Oh, okay. This is why we have guns and nerds here, so... Because I wouldn't oh, figure that out. That's not creepy at all. Okay. Yeah, my wife has an iPhone, too, and so. we'll be scrolling through pictures of my daughter, and she's alive in the photographs. <laughs> the funny part is, your eyes were open, photo, your eyes are closed, and they open again in the window. <laughs> I hate photographs. Oh. I'm I'm always behind the camera when I when I work. So. <laughs> I, I, there, uh, there's a reason, and I and I told Aaron bless her heart, and I think I told Weird this too. I have a face for radio and a voice for silent movies. Oh, garbage. That was, well, that was my shtick, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, that's the reason why you always back clean up on the show. <laughs> so since we're still talking about me, now this will air after the big announcement, so anyone listening will probably know. And we should preface this. Aaron and I are the only people that know what this announcement is. And the only reason he knows is because... I'm doing the lower thirds for the broadcast, so and I need to prepare it beforehand. Yes. So, this will not come as a surprise to anyone listening to this, but it'll come as a surprise to three of the fellows in here. Fans of the show will know that Aaron said that those who are hearing the show on the Patreon early release will still not have known, but people that are listening to it on the Monday release will indeed now know the big reveal. And so now, a week after that... So, what I'm going to announce at GRPC tomorrow our relative time, last week your relative time, or something like that, I am proud to announce that after being in the works for more than a year, Pink Pistols is merging with Operation Blazing Sword. The first speaker of Pink Pistols, Gwen Patton, is stepping down because she's been doing this for close to 20 years. She has medical issues. And so not only are we merging, but I will be taking leadership of Pink Pistols on the national level. I will be taking the title of coordinator. 
And what this means for Pink Pistols is this. When it came into existence in 99 or 2000, it was deliberately designed on the cellular level. Because back then, being gay still had a stigma to it. And the founder, Doug Cricket, and then later Gwen Patton, didn't want there to be membership lists so that the government couldn't subpoena them and out people and cost them their jobs. So everything was very decentralized. And that's good for protecting the members, but it is terrible for uh, terms of getting things done because each chapter has to fundraise on its own. Each chapter, if it is bringing in lots of money... has to register as a nonprofit or else pay taxes on that income. And so with it merging with Operation Blazing Sword, a 501c3 tax-deductible charity nationwide, I can now fundraise on a national level and distribute funds to each individual chapter as is necessary. And so that should increase the efficiency of each Pink Pistol chapter to accomplish tasks. And I hope this will encourage the growth of more Pink Pistol chapters. Um, what I've said from the beginning, and, and now that I'm running both, I, I can see this through, uh, Operation Blazing Sword is education and outreach. It is introducing the new shooter to the shooting community. Pink Pistols is about community and continuing education. Once you have gone through OBS training, it is my hope that the new shooter will either join a Pink Pistols chapter or found one on their own, so that there is this continuing community of queer-positive gun owners. And and so now I, I, I can integrate them, and they can be fully, not even sister organizations, it's like right-handed, left-hand. Yeah, okay, so, um, reactions. <laughs> Mind blown, you know, just... Yay! <laughs> this is great. I, this I would is great. Mind is blown, though I will say, since we were rooming together at the NRA show, you hinted to something similar to this uh, in, in, in the pipeline and swore me to secrecy. And I am very pleased to announce to everyone who is listening now, I'm very happy to not be keeping a secret anymore. This <laughs> but, is incredible. I am just I, my my mind is literally blown, and I am so so. I I I rep OBS just I mean every day, and you know I'm I'm straight. Doesn't matter. I love you, you like last a night. <laughs> That's the apple pie talking. <laughs> and for those who don't know, Steve and I are rooming together. Yeah. Hey, he's he's a cheap date. <laughs> I bought him a burger last night. You know, hey. Um, I'm so proud to be a part of this this group. And I mean, it was it was you that convinced me to do ACP. And I have my own politics, my own issues. And I mean, locally, I'm known a bit of an asshole, but. <laughs> It's, it's just, I, I rep OBS every day when I go to work. I, I wear that holster that I've shared. Oh, it's a beautiful holster. And it, it's, I, I, I hope the, the chuckleheads at Freedom Holsters are ridiculously busy. It took them long enough to build my holster to begin with. 
No offense to those guys. They're, they're great guys. <laughs> no offense to calling them chuckleheads or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Spencer is a great guy, and if he's not listening, I better make him. People ask me about the holster on a regular basis. His guys at the shop will ask me about OBS. It's a good thing you're doing, Aaron. Oh, and thank I'm you. I'm proud to be a part of it. Even though I'm strictly chickly, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you you laid a wet one on me and, and those pictures are gonna go up on social media tomorrow, so that'll be Sunday. Um I'm grateful to be in on the ground level with us. I had no idea Good. what I'd be getting into. I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> Might be the apple pie talking. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank that you, sweetheart. I mean, that's a tough nut to crack. I mean, and the fact that OBS and and pink pistols, it, it just it it blows my mind. And it's a tiny mind, <laughs> but it is what it is. So you know, the trunk monkey is in your corner. As it always has been. So, you need anything in Michigan, I'm there. Awesome. So, what you're saying is you're in Aaron's trunk? <laughs> His monkey is in my trunk, yes. Yes! Uh, so, Heinrich, you are also wearing a very cunning yes. Operation Blazing Sword t-shirt. Yes. Although you are not wearing the the insignia, you are wearing the stick figure camo and rainbow, and it looks fabulous on you. Yes. I'm wearing a Twitter logo because when I went to Gen Con, I wanted the one that was going to more clearly convey what exactly I was repping to people who didn't already know. Mm-hmm. So, but this is awesome because prior to OBS... I'd actually tried to find a Pink Pistols group to see if they wanted someone to be a local trainer, and I could never find anyone. Uh-huh. Because there didn't seem to be any groups in my area or no group that was active, and there was no way to find anyone to talk to. So, so now, now if you want to talk to somebody, Aaron! Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Now, there's people to actually talk to and say, hey, has anyone asked for help? That is one of the problems with with Pink Pistols, is that there are entire states that don't have a chapter. Meanwhile, we have 1,600 volunteers. We have them in literally every single state, even the the most remote ones. And so if I can use that to get a Pink Pistol chapter in every state, oh, that'd be fantastic. Well, it's interesting you mention that, because at the founding of OBS, when I got started, I did reach out, and I think there's a brief email communication, because there's literally, I think, one Pink Pistol chapter in Michigan. And there was, I think, I had a personal email thread of, like, three email contacts, and it was, sadly, it was a little vague, and it was very brief, but it was, yeah, we exist. I am, I'm willing to step in as an individual that would help. I mean, frankly, I know at least social media wise, in my own community, my own, my own town, there are individuals that would probably benefit. So the fact that OVS and Pink Pistol are becoming a singular entity, I, I think that definitely going to help the cause and the Second Amendment, and just making sure that everybody has the right to defend themselves is something that's very important. And you got my. I got your back. Thank you, sweetheart. And of course, since there's yeah. now pull from both lists, you have areas where, like where I live, yeah. 
there's not many established ranges, or you have to be a member, or people have to know about it. So, now with the Blazing Swordless, she can contact all the gun owners and say, Hey, I've got this group that want to start shooting in this area. Where do I send them? Who do I get in contact with? And you can pull from one to start the other. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. So it's not just, hey, there might already be pink pistols, people who are interested and want to shoot, but they all know where to. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm going to say, I've always been in the big tent firearm stuff. I mean, I, I was a converted liberal, anti-gun liberal, to then a pro-gun, more or less liberal. I went through a conservative phase. It didn't take. <laughs> and But I've always enjoyed the quote-unquote non-traditional branches of it. I'm a member of the Second Amendment Sisters, as is my wife. And I've always been an avid follower of the uh, of the Pink Pistols. And uh, was Ray Carter a uh, a Pink Pistols president? I don't know. It wouldn't surprise he me was, if I, he I were. I believe he's a member of that. When you mentioned the Ray Carter Award, and oh, there were tears in my eyes. I miss Ray. He was he was such a good fighter for the Second Amendment. I such a I never man. knew him, but I knew him through various social media circles, and I actually spoke to a friend. After the awards ceremony, I said, "Wait a second. There's there's an award in his name," and he said, "Wait a there there is and and because we speak of Ray, I he was literally and the jokes that he left, and I really hate the fact that I only knew him in the last days. He had a profound impact on several individuals that I know personally, and it's just. It, it makes a lot of sense that I, you know, the Second Amendment Foundation honors that particular individual and the fact that it is a big tent and it's for everybody. And the fact that Pink Pistols and OBS, it means that Aaron has made a profound impact. I mean, that's where I was going is that Pink Pistols was always a group that I admired. Though I did admire it from afar because I didn't know if, if that was my place to be the the straight. I mean, I, I ended up ended up working with the Second Amendment Sisters. My wife went to one of their shoots, and I came with a book and my phone, and I was prepared to be sitting in my truck the entire thing because if they wanted to be just a female, it was a female-only shoot. If they wanted to be a female-only space, I respected that and fine. And they pulled me in, and I was an instru- I was an instructor on one of the ranges, uh, very quickly on, and so I'm like, okay, that's great. But I had I didn't have such a re- interaction with uh, with pink pistols, but I was always felt the exact same way as if they want me to help, I'm there to help. And then Pulse happened, unfortunately, and when I heard what Aaron was doing about that, that's what we needed. That was absolutely what we needed, especially given that in watching things, I'd seen. We've obviously got the huge burgeoning population of women shooters that are just coming up through the ranks at rapid levels. We've got the minorities are coming up very, very swiftly. I did not see the queer community doing the same thing. And they're right up there with the minorities and with the women is the, hey, I'm a straight white dude. I'm not the highest demographic of person to be targeted by violent crime. It's if you're a minority, it's if you're queer, it's if you're a woman. And so to see Operation Blazing Sword and how it was done and how well it was done and how explosively it was done 
and being someone who's done some or, some minor organization of that. I had a candlelight vigil. It was in the anniversary of the uh, Sandy Hook shooting for pro-gun people telling their stories of how a gun saved their lives and the fact that these people were having a candlelight vigil to take away people's guns in the wake of a tragedy. And I outlined through my blog how, no, tragedy can be averted by people owning guns. We're doing more than just lighting a candle. We're holding guns. And that was a ton of work. And people suggested I do it the following year. And that was when my daughter was born. And I'm like, I cannot. It's too, it's, I've got a baby. It, I can't, I can't put that amount of time in. So I know that it wasn't even a fraction of what you did for Blazing Sword in the time that you did it. So that was amazing amount of work. And it was an, it's an amazing group. And I'm proud to be affiliated with it. I'm proud to be working with it. And now to have those two combined. Mind-blowing. Exactly. It's unstoppable. And you and I have talked. And pictures that'll go live that we've joked about. (laughs) Um, I applied first lipstick just for you. Yes. Well, thank you, darling. Thank you. She did. Um, Witnessed. (laughs) It's... I'll admit, I'm outspoken. I'm I'm a bit of an asshole. Um, But I defend what I care about. And... Some people misjudge me because I may be a bit abrasive, but I will forever, I will go to my grave, and this is not the liquor talking, this is me sobering up very, very quickly. Here's more liquor. <laughs> well, give me more, I, 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 will, I, will, I will not decline the offer, Matt. Um, you will go to your grave? Yes. And I posted publicly uh, during the primaries. Um, in my home state and in my hometown, very locally, with the OBS logo on my holster after I voted. And people people don't like me. And that's okay. And when they realized I was actually an ally, and they realized who I was an ally for, it blew their mind. And that, I know, changed perception, and we talked about that at GRPC, and we listened to it an awful lot this afternoon. I don't hate anybody. I don't. I'm, again, I'm I'm an <laughs> And that's not liquor talk. I'm, I see a lot of crap, and you hear it in my stories. And the world is an unpleasant place. And if you guys need help, and you're calling out, doesn't matter where you are, look to OBS. Look to <laughs> that is willing to tell you you're worth it. You have to defend yourself. And I, I really don't know how to put it into words. It's it's become a calling for me. And I I will rep OBS until they bury my sorry carcass in the ground. I mean, think about what Operation Blazing Sword is and how it came to be. It is truly a product of two communities who really didn't talk. And one was attacked, and the other's like, hey, we're here to help you. Yeah. And the flip side is, they didn't communicate. So even though one side was going, hey, we want to help you, the other side wasn't able to hear it. Until Aaron came along. Right. And said, hey, I'm seeing a lot of people post this kind of stuff. Let's organize it. Let's put these two groups together. Because I'm one of the few people that talks to both sides, and both sides will listen to it. 
I think that puts a beautiful bow on it, and we've gone plenty long enough, and it's getting very late. So it's only eleven o'clock, and we still have twenty-five bottles of. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I don't know, we're down to about 24. So, I want to thank everyone for their uh, for their listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you especially for our Patreon patrons. Our patrons get early release of this podcast. They get access to our blooper reels. They get access to our film tracks. We've got our CRKT knife giveaway. And we've got our ACP mag dump. So if you are not a member, go to patreon.com slash podcast to sign up. And uh, you can hear more from me at my blog, which is weirdworld.com, or on Handgun Radio, which is on the Firearms Radio Network. You can hear more from me at my nerd blog, lurkingrhythmically.blogspot.com, my emergency preparedness blog, bluecollarprepping.blogspot.com, and of course, my charity pages, plural, blazingsword.org, and pinkpistols.org. Oh, that's so good. Matt Heinrich, do you want to plug? Alright, um, the, the YouTube and the podcast. Our podcast is Skadges and Guns, and YouTube is literally the two of us doing crazy stuff with guns. Blowing up guns, intentionally on high speed film, we've driven bullets insanely stupidly fast. Like air rifle pellets in excess of 4,400 feet per second. Beaten high points like rented mules. We've shot black powder through them and had it function. But what's the name of your channel? Ellen Research. What's that stand for? Laverda. Ooh. And thank you so much for Nate Spencer for our wonderful music. Well, look at all the bottles. Our liquor choice is assorted. And so is our podcast. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Hold on. Adios. <laughs>